We continue this series uh, which we began uh, a couple of weeks ago about resilience as we're living in this moment, in this hour. The hour is uh, upon us. We look to the maker of heaven, uh, the one who is the story, the one who's uh, rewriting our stories, the one in which we join him in his story. I was with another pastor last night sharing the story of how we came to have this space, this building. I said, it's incredible, you know, that we, we didn't have anywhere to meet and somehow through uh, through the, um, the contact through Pete Johnson, who was the then mayor, managed to somehow sway it with the council that they would give this place, the town hall, the most prominent community building owned by the council, this status of a place of worship in order for us to meet here. And at first when that all kind of happened and just went through, I was just so blasé about it. I was just like, actually, let's stop for a moment and see that is incredible. Incredible that that was offered to us and that this for now is our home, it's our space, it's our place where we get to worship. And what was so incredible, as I was sharing the story with this fellow last night, was during the second lockdown uh, when we couldn't do much except prayer walk and things like that, which is brilliant. We're out prayer walking. I remember seeing the placard. You've heard me talk about this before. But on the side of the wall, just out here, if you haven't seen it before, have a look. Blue placard. It says something along the lines of, on this site stood a Franciscan friary between, I think it's 1230 something uh, through to 1560 or something. And for centuries, Christians met on this land. And I'm telling the story again, totally blows my mind. That was the story then. And that's our story today. It's continually writing story. We've heard two incredible stories this morning. We find ourselves in this moment at this time, and it's important at this time, that we pay attention. That we pay attention to our lives, to our souls, because there is an enemy who's out to rob, kill, and destroy. There's an enemy that would, that would do anything and everything in his power to turn our gaze towards anything other than the Lord. It's just seeking in any way, shape or form uh, to do that. But we must at this moment pay attention, hold on, cling on during this, which is a battle. Not a battle against flesh and blood. It's a battle of the principalities of what's going on. Kind of sounds a little sort of Lord of the Rings. Anyone been watching the, the new series, The Rings of Power? It's all right. Like, it's, it's okay, right? But if you're into the Lord of the Rings, you'll know, you'll understand that the eye of Sauron is, 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 is upon those seeking to, 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 to turn, uh, is coming against us. And the enemy will do anything to come against us. But we must stay true to uh, the rightful king. The king will someday return again. And it's important that in this moment we keep fighting, we keep pressing on, that we don't fall away. Last week, Chantel spoke about, uh, and she would have quoted the word katusha, which is the strength within, the strength that prevails, this supernatural strength that God gives us. And we can testify, many of us, over these last couple of years, that we have experienced his strength that prevails, that is given, that is offered to us, that empowers us, gives us the ability to soar on wings like eagles, to run and not grow weary, to walk and not be faint.
It's important that we tap in, we tune in, we receive his strength that prevails. And so to this week, we turn our attention uh, following the book, uh, which I wholeheartedly commend to you, uh, is a chapter written called Eden Glory, Not Desolation. And one of the standout verses that he uses is a standout verse to me in the scriptures, which is John 10, verse 10. It's a real easy way of remembering it because it's like 10, 10. That's quite easy. And it reads this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, this is Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the well-known passage, John 10. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. He's talking about himself. He is the gate and he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sake of. Jesus says, very climbs him by some other way, is a thief and a robber. And later in verse eight, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Before we continue, um, it's important that we understand the context of which Jesus is speaking here and to whom he's speaking to. He is speaking to the Pharisees and the thief in this is not Satan himself. The thief or the thieves in which he refers to are the self-serving leaders of Israel, uh, kind of speaking of themselves in many ways. And Jesus is speaking directly to them. So when he talks about thieves, he's talking about uh, those self-serving uh, leaders of Israel. However, it is possible, and, and I think right for us to say that very often they, and like so many, can come in the form of, uh, of good things, of God things, but actually are serving the evil one and under his power and under his dominion and under his control. I think it's also fair to say that the words in which Jesus uses to describe these people are accurate words that can be used to describe Satan himself. The thief comes to steal, or we could use the word rob, kill and destroy. Satan's primary intention and mandate is to bring about robbery, death and destruction. And we could use the word desolation. When we use the word desolation, I wonder what springs to mind, what comes up, what uh, words or imagery in our minds are conjured when we think of desolation. Barrenness, lifeless, desert-like, nothingness, wilderness. I wonder what else springs to mind in your minds. As I was thinking about this desolation, I, I, my mind, my imagery was kind of drawn to the Lion King. The Lion King is, uh, is in many ways a kingdom story. In the story, we have King, uh, the Lion King, Mufasa, who rules the, rules the kingdom and uh, has everything in balance. And he has this jealous uh, brother called Scar who's jealous of him and wants uh, to be the ruler, wants to be the king of the land. And so uh, creates this, uh, this schemeful uh, way of killing his brother Mufasa. And in so doing, makes it out to be the heir to the throne, Mufasa's son Simba, 
makes it out to be his fault and actually begins so cleverly, so like the evil one, sowing lies, sowing these things into Simba at a young age, distorting him and his attention and believing lies about himself and his true identity. Rufasa is killed. Simba runs because of shame. He runs because of guilt. He runs into the wilderness, into desolation, and he finds companionship with a meerkat and a warthog. Doesn't that sound familiar to a story that Jesus once taught? To live with the pigs. They live this life of, what, what was it? I can never pronounce it. Akuna Matata, something like that. Isn't it? Means no worries, apparently. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> is that why you're lying? You think this is something else is coming? <laughs> Meantime, what happens to the land under the leadership of Scar? Hopefully, we have an image. That's desolation. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom which was once ruled under King Mufasa, but under the leadership or the dominion, I guess, of Scar brings about desolation. Desolation is what the enemies, uh, he, he kind of defines desolation like this. Dullness of heart, a poverty of spirit, a barrenness of soul, disappointment, so understandable given the circumstances collapse into disillusionment. Neither hope nor joy comes easily. It was about burnout, and it was about how it lead to lots of things, right? But this person was describing how disappointment on its own isn't enough, but disappointment built upon disappointment, built upon disappointment over time just brings about disillusionment. Dullness, flatlining. And I think it's fair to say, uh, personally, and I know for many of our lives, this season that we've been living in and through has been disappointing. There's lots of other words that we could use to describe. And that's why it's important that we pay attention. That's why it's important that we do reflect and we bring those disappointments to the Lord. We journey them, we acknowledge them, we journal about them, we bring them before the Lord and ask him to meet us in those things that we've experienced, that we've gone through. If we don't, we just carry them and we carry them into this next season. And this next season, if we pay attention, too much to the media, it's not great. There's an energy crisis, don't you know? There's inflation, don't you know? There's this, that, the other, don't you know? It's like, it just compounds to it. But we are the people of God. We're the ones who, I was going to say, seek King Mufasa. That's... <laughs> Blasphemous. <laughs> I hope you understand the meaning power. He's on our side. Yahweh is on our side. He's the one who provides. 
He's the one who heals. I was in London last weekend, uh, had a wonderful time. And uh, part of my time there, I caught up with really good friends of mine. Uh, we went out for dinner on the Friday night, and uh, then I stayed over. We had breakfast together. And uh, they, they lead a fabulous church in London. And uh, we got chatting. And I think after the, the, the kind of pleasantries, you, when you haven't seen someone in a while, people that you really love and people that you really respect, you kind of have the pleasantries of, oh, life's great. Yeah, I've been doing this and doing that. And then after a while, you begin to acknowledge actually the real things of where life has been tough. And I had described, I'd said, you know, it's been a real challenge, hasn't it? Leading a community of people when you can't actually meet together. And uh, he and his wife, uh, they, they explained real similarities, real similarities of where people are at. And it's not that there's an issue with people, it's the issue has been what we have lived through and then for us, the challenge of what we're calling people to, or who we're calling him to, calling you to. And he described uh, himself, this, and he used the word flatlining. He said, I, I feel like my heart is, and my being is, I, I just feel like I've been flatlining. To explain what that means simply is that it's using the heartbeat. If you're looking at a heart rate monitor, it kind of goes boom when the heart beats, and if you saw it on what are something a gram? An ECG thing. Speak to Sergio, he'll tell you. And you've seen it, right? The kind of the, 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 the imagery of the line goes up and down, hopefully when the heart is beating. And a flat lining simply means when the heart ain't beating and you just see the flat line. And he was describing himself that he had noticed that extreme disappointment, extreme to and with people of his own church, he was noticing in himself this feeling of not being that bothered. It wasn't impacting him with, with great empathy and great disappointment, great sadness. It was almost like a, a hardening to the tough things that are experienced. And conversely, he described the things that would bring great joy and excitement and fun uh, in life no longer seemed to be that fun, weren't that exciting. It's just like this, what we could describe and the book describes, this dullness of the heart. And as he spoke of these things, I was able to identify and to resonate uh, with what he was saying. A loss of heart, perhaps, a desolation. The enemy seeks to rob, kill, and destroy, to take away, to make us feel, and to be desolate. But the good news is that the good shepherd who's laid down his life for his sheep has come to give us life in all its fullness. When we look at the desolation here, we then see when Simba returns, we see, look at that. Technology's come on since then, hasn't it? I mean, that, that was, that was uh, a few years ago now. That's actually Mufasa and Simba, isn't it? 
The opposite to desolation is Eden, our first home. When we think of Eden, what do we see? What do we hear? just want to read a few, a few words from, from the book that I've been so enjoying. If you, flow, if you follow the flow of scripture and human history, you can see that our enemy wants to make everything a wasteland. And God wants to make everything a restored Eden. When it comes to the resilience we need against desolation, part of our Father's provision is his Eden glory. The glory of God in you and around you, giving you supernatural resilience and guarding you like a shield. Eden glory, the way things were at the beginning, the way things still are and can be in our lives. John uses the well-known story in the scriptures written by John the disciple, the wedding uh, of Canaan at Galilee. Out of lack, Jesus brings about abundance. Out of water, he produces wine. Out of the hands of the servants, he does the impossible. John writes, what Jesus did here in Canaan of Galilee was the first of the signs. At first, Jesus was reluctant. He didn't want to do it. This is his first public miracle. Up till this point, he hadn't gone live. It's like he'd been doing the stuff, gathering the team, Traveling a little bit, but yet he hadn't gone public to the world. He hadn't displayed his full glory. And at this wedding, his mother was very persuasive. It's amazing how persuasive mums can be, even to the Son of God. Jesus does the miracle and brings about abundance where there was lack. He produces and shows his glory. We need him to show up. We need his presence. We need his glory. Last night we were with Lagan Valley Vineyard Church for a special celebratory. They're 10 years old. Uh, and by the way, Antrim Coast, as we remember, as we mark this moment and this day, we remind ourselves of what the Lord has done, but we look to him for more. But Folks, we need his presence. Last night, the person who was speaking just kept speaking about not doing things in our own effort, in our own striving, all the stuff that we know, the things that Owen spoke about earlier, about taking our gaze off of him, but carving out time, spending time deliberately with him. Why? Because we need his power. We need his presence. We need him to show us his glory. Another standout verse in the scriptures for me is from 2 Corinthians 3. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's a Spirit. We need his Spirit. Um, my life group, uh, together with Bronnie, met on Monday evening there. And uh, we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was sort of describing times when, uh, just in meetings, church, 
just remember, and many of you will know what I'm talking about, just remember incredibly powerful times when the Spirit of the Lord just came in such power and, and God just did the most incredible things. And it wasn't that someone shook a lot or someone went to the floor or whatever it was. You just knew the tangible, life-changing presence of the Spirit was just so evident. And it's not that he's not with us. He is. But I think it's fair to say I don't see the demonstration of his power in the same way that I used to. And I don't think that's anything that we've done. I think it's, I know, it's his majesty. I get, I, I, I've got no real good tangible thing to say about that, except for I long for his presence and I want more of that. And I'll say this, we can't manufacture. It's not like we, I don't know, the image just came into my head. It's not like we rub, you know, the, the brass lamp and the genie comes up. It's, we can't do it. We, my friend Mike Pelavachi would say, we don't hype the Holy Spirit up. He comes down. And I guess in this moment, in this hour, I guess what I will say is, we're thirsty and we're hungry and we're desperate for him. We're desperate for him to move and only he can do it. It's, he's sovereign, right? But we want to put ourselves in a posture, in a way that says, come.